You are listening to the Live Your Own Fit podcast, where your life performance questions will be answered, health topics dissected, and energy-boosting tips discovered. With me, your host for today, Pete Jacobs. I'm an Ironman world champion and health coach and love chatting about how the body and mind works. And today, that topic is very much something that I'm passionate about, once again, is optimize your exercise. So basically, what we're talking about is why you train. Why do you train the way that you train and how to train for the adaptation that you want? And that could be anything. That could mean training your adaptation if you want to be a track sprinter on the on the track, on a track bike, you would train to use lactate as a fuel. Lactic acid can, is a fuel. That's something that you can train your body to do. The very, very other end of that is train your body to use fat and ketones for fuel. And then there's everything in between. So let's just chat a little bit more about that and what you are wanting to achieve and how do you achieve that through your training so you can optimize your exercise. So a lot of people end up training in groups and what happens when you train as a group is that you're not watching your heart rate, your zones, you may be peer pressured into consuming certain types of foods in different macronutrient ratios that make your body prefer a different fuel to another and may not be what you're after. So whether if you're a sprinter, maybe you do want to adapt a little bit more to using lactic acid and glucose. But if you're a triathlete, which most of my our listeners are, uh, particularly long course triathlon, but even a sprint triathlon, it's still anywhere from an hour to two hours. So that is still a very, very, very aerobic sport. You still want to increase your aerobic base. So let's take aerobic base building as a premise for what we're trying to achieve. If you are in a group and always training at a high heart rate, always sucking back on high sugar gels and high sugar sports drinks, you are encouraging your body through the way that you are training to do and adapt to that type of uh, functions. So that come race day, yes, it is likely that you may bonk and bonking is just your brain saying, hey, I'm running low on blood sugar. I'm freaking out because I've never adapted to use ketones and fat for fuel. So what do you want to train your body to adapt to? Do you want to train your body to be aerobic and fat burning as an endurance athlete? Then you are going to need to break away, potentially break away from that group mentality of, well, I get motivation from working and training with this group. So it's better for me to get out there and do some training at a level that is not necessarily what I want my body to adapt to but at least I'm pushing hard and I'm getting cortisol responses and I feel good afterwards. But fitness and aerobic adaptation can be very, very different things. Take, for example, if you are exercising for VO2 max benefits, which you would do throughout part of an overall aerobic program, but you wouldn't be doing it at the beginning and you wouldn't be doing it all the time. But let's say if you were, this VO2 max training basically requires that you are training more anaerobically. So you're getting your body to use sugars for fuel much, much more so than you are fat. 
So if you are always training like that and never tapping into fat, uh, there's other components like hormonal components that also kick in. So it's not just that one hour of hard training that affects what you're doing. It's the other 23 hours of the day that your hormones continually back up that premise of using sugars for fuel, storing away the fat and not tapping into it, and hormones being more increased to continually block that fat burning and continue that cycle. So it's not just what training you're doing. It's not just what you're eating. It's also what's your sympathetic or parasympathetic nervous system activation like. So when you train hard, you could eat no sugars whatsoever. But cortisol will help release sugars from your liver. And that will boost your blood sugar. You'll also be using the glycogen as glucose, which is stored in your muscles. So you'll be tapping into sugars every possible opportunity if you're training hard, even if you are having a low-carb diet. And then those hormones stay elevated. They don't find a nice circadian rhythm. You don't recover from the training. The stress levels of oxidative stress are always higher. So those pathways for using aerobic fat-burning adaptation are always going to be limited. Let's take two different people as examples at far ends of the spectrum. But it's not just that you are one of these persons or the other. There are many interchangeable ideas in between the two and in infinite amounts of combinations of these two examples. But I'm just going to give you two ends of the spectrum. So one is somebody who follows the math approach so that you're training to an aerobic heart rate and math is based around 180 minus your age, give or take some parameters depending on your health and fitness and history. So math is all about increasing aerobic adaptation and fat burning. And generally, you would also be eating a low-carb diet or at least one that you've tested how many carbs you can have before it starts to affect the amount of fat burning that you have going on. Hormones also change. So you are more more parasympathetic hormones. So generally, your mentality is calmer. You are parasympathetic, your breathing's more relaxed, you sleep well, and all the time those those health benefits are happening underneath. Metabolism, so the difference between fasting and feasting is more defined. Because you don't need to eat all the time because you are fat adapted, you don't feel that low blood sugar and go, bam, I really need some sugar now. You can actually fast a long time. And then when you do eat, you can eat a lot of food and you would be focusing on fat and proteins, but you would get a really good anabolic reaction and you would be really carbohydrate sensitive, or we would say insulin sensitive, so that when you do have a lot of food, and this doesn't need to be just carbohydrates or not, but when you have a lot of protein, for example, as well, you'll get a really fast response from insulin and that will be taken up and your blood sugars will stay very level or even drop quite a lot. So stress hormones are also quite low in this example. So the person generally isn't overly stressed. So even just an emotional stress, stress from driving, stress from work, that can drive up 
hormones that will increase release and usage of glucose, as well as blocking the fat burning ability. So you're going to train for what you want to do on race day. So you're going to train aerobically. Your mindset is also going to be calm, present. And so those hormones of adrenaline and other such pain tolerance and motivation, they're going to be kept in reserve for when you really need them towards the end of the race. Example number two is of a person who consumes a lot of carbohydrates and who trains very hard all the time. And so that person's sympathetic nervous system is ramped really high. Their hormonal responses are really angled towards keeping certain hormones high. They've become accustomed to it. They've become accustomed to stress. They've become accustomed to this level that their body is used to operating on. And it's not to say that it's wrong. It would be easy to argue why the health benefits are not as great as the other approach. But certainly athletes do get a good athletic response and can perform very well with this approach. However, it continues into how they have to approach race day. So race days, generally, they're going to be really, really amped up. They're going to get their adrenaline going. They're going to be kind of angry all day. They kind of use that fuel of, oh, I've got to beat that person or, you know, I've just got to tough it out and, you know, hard on the F up. So that approach tends to go with the person who is always increasing uh, their stress levels in training and always tends towards glucose burning. So come taper week, for example, as well, taper week for this person means that they need to stay in that high stress state. And countless examples of professional athletes that I've known that train very hard, that eat a rather rather high carbohydrate diet, their taper also needs to be quite high. And they've been quoted as saying, well, if I don't keep training quite a lot, they feel really flat on race day. And that is because if they were to come out a slightly out of this hormonal stress response that they have become so accustomed to, they end up feeling very out of it and not ready to perform on race day. So it can work really well, but obviously the risk factors are much higher because you have to train more in their taper. Then your body is not necessarily as recovered for race day. So your performance may be inhibited or may have more risk reward kind of benefit to it and not necessarily a higher reward. I mean, if you win, you win, but the risk is always higher. So the reward can't get any higher, but the risk can be much higher. Whereas a person who is training in a calmer state, who's more parasympathetic nervous system, more math and aerobic fat burning metabolism with calmer hormones, their response on race day is to conserve more energy, to conserve the hormones. And their stress accumulation throughout the race is much lower. And their ability to be rested on the start line with less stress before they even start is much greater also because their taper wants to be really lower and really focused on recovery and rest. And that is how I always operated as well. I needed more rest and I only ran maybe um, an hour and a half to two hours total in the last sort of um, eight days before an Ironman event, especially every Hawaii that I performed well in. 
So very different approaches in how you train and very different approaches in taper and then how you race. So there's obviously lots of different combinations of those two examples, but you need to ask yourself, what am I training for? What do I want to adapt to? And whether that's in life or whether it is for a world championship event, it doesn't matter. It's the same questions and you need to put your priorities first and do what you need to do to adapt for the outcome that you want. And generally, you're not going to get that following a group mentality of training because some days you will need a rest. Some days your body just says, hey, I haven't recovered or hey, um, the food that I ate or that bad night of sleep or that work stress has accumulated and I'm not feeling myself. And yet in a group environment, you will still end up going as hard as you normally do, trying to still get that same performance that you did a week ago while being under much greater stress load, while not being able to produce the energy as efficiently. So that will accumulate further and further. So I needed a lot of rest going into a race. And an example, another example is perhaps for older athletes. And I've seen CRP levels, C-reactive protein levels, which is a obvious inflammatory marker that you can get through a easy um, blood test. In an older athlete that I coach, his CRP levels after running are always really quite high. And so he always quite feels flat as well if he does do something, particularly hilly running, where maybe on the uphill, his hormonal response and um, tapping into a few more sugars and a little bit more anaerobic and his heart rate increases. And then on the downhill, where the impact also increases the damage done to the muscles. And he will have quite a high CRP levels afterwards. So that means that he feels flat. He has inflammation in his body and he is not able to perform as well. And it may take days for that to come back down. So a really good way to approach your taper is to not run so much. You're already riding. You're still swimming. You've got so much else going on. Focus on the recovery is re if recovery is something that you know you yourself need more of. So to summarize, train for what you want to do on race day. Train your mindset to be calm, cool, and collected if that's how you want to approach race day. If you want race day to feel like it's anger and adrenaline and that's your motivation, then that's your choice to choose that way to train. My suggestion is that it's not a long-term healthy way to approach the sport that you love. It's not going to give you that same insight to who you are and the same growth of health, character, performance, and insight into how to get in the zone, whether it be in personal life or whether it be on the playing field. Being in the zone is about being able to be present and calm and see everything at the same time, a second before it happens. And that happens when you are calm, cool, and collected. And you're more aware of things when you're in that zone as well. So practice that in training. Practice the mindset that you want on race day, that quiet confidence. So practice the type of training that you're doing to be aerobic. Practice the type of food that you're eating to be fat burning and increase that ability to burn fat and be aerobic and reduce oxidative stress. And train your mind to be the mind that you want it to be on race day. But whether you're racing or not, 
if you're just out there exercising to keep fit and be healthy, then do the same thing. Don't get caught up with group mentality exercises that are not giving you the adaptations physically or mentally that you want to have to be a better human being. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying this, stay tuned. We've got heaps coming out every week. Jamie and I will put out one episode each and we'll try and chuck in a few short little snippets as well. So for anything you heard today, piqued your interest into your own health symptoms, or perhaps you want to know how you can put this information into practical terms for performance in sport or everyday life, we'd love to help you with finding you more energy and health longevity so you can reach your goals. Head over to liveyourownfit.com to book in for a free discovery call or email us at hello at liveyourownfit.com. Message us through any of our social networks and we'll get right back to you. You can be coached to increase your energy and health one-on-one by Jamie Earl or myself and enjoy our life performance virtual community where we're always adding extra little tips and insights, supplements, facts, and have a little chat about everything else that we're enjoying and learning each week as well. If you like this, please rate us on whichever app it is you're listening to us on. Give us a review or just send us a message if you're enjoying it. We love to get that feedback. It's really motivating. So thanks again for listening. Catch you next time.